Welcome to the Hell of a Catholic Podcast. I'm Father Josh Allen, the chaplain here at Georgia Tech. I'm Stephen Schleipak. I am a recent graduate. I uh, got my degree in mechanical engineering from Georgia Tech. And my name is TJ Capaldi, former pastor lackey of the Georgia Tech Catholic Center. Just finished my first academic year of seminary at Notre Dame Seminary for the Archdiocese of Atlanta. TJ is making his inglorious return <laughs> to the podcast. We're so happy to have him. <laughs> TJ, welcome back. Here I am. Our listener is going to be so excited <laughs> that you're here. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> Your listener? Our listener. Have things really gotten that bad? Well, yeah, yeah, we we lost the other one. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> he went to seminary. <laughs> <laughs> so, today's uh, topic that we're going to discuss uh, was suggested to us by seminarian Capaldi, uh, who suggested that we talk about meditation. So, we'll just throw that out there. Uh, so let's see if we can get an opening salvo from maybe TJ or Steven on meditation. Well, just to give us something to work with here, I mean, we know that, <clears throat> or, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind, at least, is that meditation is a form of prayer, um, and seems to be, seems that it would be a, an essential part of, of a person's prayer life to be able to meditate, to know, I don't know, a, at least a way of, of meditating on, let's say, the scriptures or um, an image or an idea or something to that effect. I, my idea of it <laughs> needs refining, to say the least. So, um, yeah, that's where I would that's where I would start from and, and kind of ask questions and, and discuss from from there. I would tack on the rosary as well. Um, there's a rosary said. I think at five every day before Mass, um, we meditate on different mysteries. So it's meditation shouldn't be something that people at the Catholic Center are unfamiliar with, um, but just because you're familiar with something doesn't mean you're doing it right or well. So there's like a new age group on campus that invites people to meditation also. <laughs> That's right? a good. It's like a, you yeah. go and you do some yoga. And then you go outside and you meditate on a tree. <laughs> That's a good point. We should probably make a distinction, right? Yeah, I mean, and then uh, Buddhists meditate, right? Yeah, lots they of people meditate. Lots, lots of meditation. <laughs> so is that is that what we're talking about? Do we want to talk about Buddhist meditation? I don't have a whole lot to say about it. Not too experienced in Buddhist meditation. I, I, I don't know a lot about it. I mean, usually, here, here's a, maybe this is a good... Uh, this is an idea floating around in my head. I don't know where it came from, or you know, that's a lot of the times this is the case. But uh, uh, what did they teach you about meditation in seminary? What <laughs> tell you anything about that? Well, I think that's next semester. I see. And I'm <laughs> completely serious. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So the difference, typically, at least from my experience of what I've heard or learned, is. Uh, that in Eastern meditation, a lot of times the goal is to meditate on nothing at all or on unintelligible things, and that and I would hope that in um, in Christian meditation, that the ultimate goal is to meditate on or focus on or whatever you know. Hopefully, we'll flesh this out more, but meditate on the mystery of Christ 
do you believe that you have ever engaged in this so-called <laughs> this this cosidetto meditation? I think I think so. I hope so. Okay, so tell us about the process. What? So uh, it requires a certain uh, kind of silencing of of everything else, uh, other than God. I mean, like of, of focusing on on kind of communing with the Lord. That's that's where I would start from. Kind of. So anything other than that kind of has to be removed. You have to kind of cre- I don't know create space for for the Holy Spirit to move, if you will. So um, he, needs, he needs space, does he? <laughs> well, he's, <laughs> right. He is immaterial, so he doesn't need space. But in a manner of speaking, right? I mean, I'm constantly staring at my cell phone, so that has to go just on a on a strictly material level. But then there's all these other things floating through my head throughout the day, and uh, well, if I'm thinking about those, then I can't be, you know, strictly speaking, I can't be focusing on uh, on God's. So. That's that's got to be the first step, I think, right? Like just to stop thinking about other stuff. That plainly said, yes. All right. So that's your experience of meditation. No, no, stop that, thinking about other stuff. That's the first step, right? Then oh, there has to be some kind of, I guess, I would call it means or object. Maybe somebody who's like really uh, advanced doesn't really need something to go off of. But uh, let's say the scripture, right? So you might pick a, a short passage of scripture uh, to meditate on, and then that would give you fodder, if you will. Uh, you might read it over and over again. You might uh, focus in on something that stands out to you, something like that. Uh, and that might, I don't know, see, like, I don't know how to, what the actual act of meditation is. That's kind of, to me... Become, the further you go along this process, it becomes a little bit more ethereal or ephemeral. I don't know. I have to look up the definitions of those <laughs> words, but they seem appropriate. They seem appropriate for describing this process, right? So, Stephen, do you believe you've ever meditated? I believe I've meditated before, but I don't know how well I've done it, or if it's in line with what you would classify as proper meditation um you brought up the rosary though so just as a a short aside as we're having this conversation so one of these gentlemen is a former spiritual directee of mine and the other is a current (laughs) so as i'm listening to this i'm somewhat horrified (laughs) yeah that's good you know but but that's okay i'll get over it Um, so steven go ahead um i think kind of where i would start is with um, I've heard it put silence, stillness, and solitude. Um, so you kind of bring yourself to this place where you're kind of alone from other people, where you can calm your thoughts, kind of clear your head, and be alone with God. Um, whether that's in front of the tabernacle or um, in your room or somewhere where you're kind of alone, I think that's a good place to start. Like TJ was saying, I think after that, um, usually go to something like scripture or the rosary. Um, or somewhere you can kind of have some inspiration and consider whether it's um, an aspect of the life of Christ or um, maybe the life of one of the saints or something like that to kind of um, get your mind going, I guess you could say. So not focusing on your homework or your tests that you have coming up or things like that, but really focus on God. Um, and not just how you can like apply God to your life or apply your Catholic faith to your life, but really come to know God 
um, a little more personally and I guess you could say like truthfully or honestly um, and it kind of goes from there uh, I would say it's not always exactly the same when you're meditating you don't always end up considering the same thing at the end of your meditation and it's not always that you're led to what you would consider to be a good meditation through the same process like sometimes it is through the rosary other times it's through uh through a gospel passage and you consider a certain part of that gospel passage that really stands out to you or maybe a part of it really relates to your current life or maybe it's just something that someone said to you throughout the day but you can kind of take that and pray about it and really um, consider it more deeply than you have considered it before or how or more deeply than you've considered other things in your life I guess you could say Father Josh is just <laughs> sitting in disbelief, I think, it's right now. It's not disbelief. It's just intense disappointment. Intense disappointment. It's all right. Wow. Well, it's all right. This podcast may be too personal for publication. No, no, no. No, no, no. Okay. Um, let's see if we can systematize this a little bit. Please, <laughs> please help us. Please so help us. in the classic spiritual tradition, there are three levels of prayer. What are the three levels? Um, discursive? No. Uh, <laughs> oh, Father's face. Oh, oh, wait, Father's no, no, no. face. Vocal, classic. vocal, vocal prayer. Yeah, meditation. What else you got? Vocal prayer, meditation, and contemplation. Okay, vocal prayer is not really one of them, but we'll but we'll give that to you. Or what's the word? Um, it, it it's fine. It's fine. Vocal prayer or or uh, prescribed prayer is fine. Like okay. oratio is the prescribed prayer, vocal prayer, that kind of thing. Um, uh, and then the second is meditation, and the third is contemplation. Now, different spiritual schools divide those words up differently, and especially in modern spirituality, um, you will see modern writers using the term meditation and contemplation, using those terms interchangeably, mm-hmm. as if they're the same thing, right? Um, which they are not. But whatever you call it, there's these kind of three levels, Okay. right? Okay. So then that first level, oratio, um, or lexio, right? Uh, the first, the first, uh, the first level of lexio. What would that be? I mean, like saying the Our Father, for example. Does that fit in that category? Spoken prayers, right? Spoken prayers, prescribed prayers, things that we read. Like somebody gives you a novena, right? And yeah. you're going to pray this novena. But other kinds of prayers, like the Mass. The mass falls in that category, right? Sure. Now the mass can also be meditative, but I mean, what you're doing is you're saying things and you're doing things, and it's kind of this physical sort of verbal thing that's going on, uh, the ordinary form at least. And then um, uh, also including things like the rosary, right? Public recitation of the rosary, stations of the cross, all those kind of stuff. When you go in to pray, when you're throwing up petitions, right? I'm praying for. Mom's bunion, or I'm praying for you know <laughs> my sister's my sister's dog, whatever it is that people pray for. My sister's dog, you know, and uh, uh, that is the kind of lexio level of prayer. Now that's not the same as lexio divina, and it's not lectio, right? It's lexio divina. Uh, it's not the same as that. That's a different kind of thing. Um, but in this classic division, that's the first level, right? And that's the level that the vast majority of people sit at, right? They're never going to make it past that. There's nothing wrong with that, right? 
I mean, uh, with well, the, the, it depends the, on who you it depends on who you read. There's a spiritual school that says everyone is called to contemplative prayer, and there's a spiritual school that says only people who have sufficient time are called to contemplative prayer. Maybe that's for another podcast <laughs> to discuss the details. <laughs> it's complicated. <of> yeah. <laughs> Um, but the dominant school says that everyone is called to a contemplative, um, a contemplative prayer life. Okay. So that's the dominant school. Uh, now, not everybody's going to live like a, you know, a Carmelite nun. Um, but the the whole idea is that God will give us the grace that we need to engage in the contemplative life according to our state. Right. So a Carmelite nun would need to pray six hours a day in order to achieve the state. Whereas a mom running around after eight kids might only need a minute and a half. <laughs> right? Um, okay, so then the second level, meditation is this engagement in a nonverbal, more mental way. We call it mental prayer, right? Uh, more mental way yeah. with, like you said, you use a text and mm-hmm. you gave a whole bunch of examples of strange things that you say. <laughs> That you can use um, to meditate. With. What was your list? It was like the Bible or a spiritual book or an image or. You know, I said. You I said. said, sc- you I, said, poem, sc- I, said poem. I said scripture. You go back and run the tape. I, I said think we can run the scripture tape. or an image is basically the only explicit things I said. Everything else was very vague. Okay? I think you might have said a haiku. No, <laughs> not say that. Haiku. Stephen really said all sorts of things. Don't leave all sorts of different things. Don't that leave really Stephen out of this. You. Okay. Okay. really speak to you in your heart. Uh, I mean, sometimes they're just television shows. <laughs> a lot of people spend time meditating in front of television. Mythbusters is great. That's right. A good glass of scotch. So there, you could just look at it. Right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So the idea behind meditation is that there's some sort of thing, some object that we're using to engage with, right? So in this, in meditation, meditation is our contribution to mental prayer right so what we're doing in meditation is i take the scripture that i'm using or you know the haiku or whatever <laughs> it is. It. i don't know what kind of new age seminary they've sent you <laughs> to. so uh you take whatever that is and essentially i mean analysis is probably not the right word but that's a that's an okay word right to where you're analyzing what the passage says, what it means, what does it reveal about um, the person is speaking about. So if, if we're talking about uh, something in the gospel, like what does it reveal about Jesus Christ? Or if we're talking about something in the Old Testament or maybe in the New Testament somewhere else, what does it reveal about God, right? What does it reveal about human beings? What does it reveal about the other characters, right? What does it tell us about Mary Magdalene or about St. Matthew or about uh, Lazarus or these other people? What does it tell us about those folks? Um, the big move in the spiritual life to move from essentially being a a novice in the spiritual life to being a proficient is making the turn from praying about ourselves to praying about God. Right? That's the big turn that people have to make. Not very many people make that turn. Not very many people. Not very many priests make that turn. Um, not very many seminarians make that turn. It's just not something that happens for very many people. Um, what we end up doing is we end up going into prayer, and what we do is we bring our struggles, our difficulties, all those kind of things into prayer. And that's fine. That's still meditation, right? We're bringing those to the extent that we're really using a scripture to try to understand them. So I'm using, you know, 
I don't know what I mean. Maybe I'm using the the story of uh, the woman caught in adultery in order to understand how people can reject and judge, right? So I feel rejected and judged. So I'm looking at the story and somehow I'm relating it to me. I'm seeing how God might also say the same thing to me as he says to the woman. Maybe I even think about his face. I think about the love that he has for this woman. I think about the reaction that she has in her heart and all that kind of stuff. But then I'm relating it all back to myself, trying to bring it all back to my problem, right? That's fine. That's like beginning meditation. And then as we get better at that, then we move to where it's not so much about me anymore. I'm really just trying to understand the characters. I'm trying to get to know Jesus Christ or I'm trying to get to know God or the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to understand who this God is who's called me to a relationship or friendship. Um, and in order to do that, I have to know him well. Because that's the whole thing, right? When you think about God, you know your 27th best acquaintance better than you know God, generally speaking. And if for no other reason than your 27th best acquaintance, you've actually seen the person, right? You have a, you know what they look like, you know how they walk, you, maybe they smell a certain way, maybe they, you know, whatever, well, that's not necessarily bad, they, right? <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe they smell really good. Yeah, you know, they smell a certain way, or you see how they have, they do certain things, certain mannerisms, they All like certain stuff things. makes yeah. people more real, right? Meditation is about making God more real, making God more real in our soul. Um, and then that third stage, contemplation. Anybody want to take a stab at that? Nope. Well, so you it turns into you, it's always a lecture. You said no, no. That's a good question. <laughs> you said that uh, meditation is our contribution, right, to prayer. So it seems like perhaps contemplation would flip that upside down, and it is the place of prayer where uh, there is a certain communion to which I contribute nothing but God is giving that's God pulls me out right he pulls me out of meditation into this contemplative state so meditation I really am I'm turning over things in my mind and really using the grace he's already given me so all of this is happening by God's grace right but he's already given me the grace of having a mind right and so he expects me to use that and then sometimes he calls people into another kind of prayer called contemplation. And at that point, it's not necessarily an image or a sound or a word or a even a feeling or an experience. I describe it to people sometimes as like an image without being visual, a word without being oral, you know, a sensation without being tactile. It's like this kind of experience that we have where we are, we know that God is doing something in our soul. He's showing us something, but it's like he's communicating directly with our soul, not with, not via our senses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then most people have had experiences like this. If they have any sort of serious prayer life, they've had experiences like this. Over time, through practice of meditation, um, people can get to where that is the stable way that they pray. Right? Um, that when they go into prayer, like into, into the chapel or whatever... They kneel down, maybe do their preparatory prayers, and they're brought into contemplation. Because God is always, always pulling us into that. Um, but we're not always disposed to it. And it takes long periods of time. Um, St. John of the Cross talks about this in uh, The Dark Night of the Soul. I find this book to be, I mean, it's a great book, but I find it to be one of the most 
um, amusing things um, when you're giving spiritual direction to people. Uh, because they'll come in and they're convinced that they're experiencing the dark night of the soul. <laughs> like, I read this book, it's the dark night of the soul, and I am like, I am so deep into the dark night of the soul. <laughs> like, I think I feel like God's going to, like, he's going to break it open any time now, right? And I'm thinking, well, how long have you been in the dark night? Oh, like a day and a half. Like, okay, so maybe we should go back a little bit. Like, tell me about your prayer life. They're like, oh, well, I don't really pray. <laughs> and I was like, okay, maybe it's something else. You know? Maybe it's something else. Um, the Dark Night of the Soul, like that book is written. It's funny, like at the beginning of the book, everybody skips that part. Yeah, right? no, that's it says for those who have been, for those proficient who have been in the state of contemplation for two years, thus begins this book. <laughs> right. So this is like there's a whole Carmelite paragraph. Nuns, there's a whole paragraph. Carmelite about it. nuns who, when they go into pray, they go straight into contemplation, and they've been doing that for two years. Now we start talking about the Dark Night, right? Um, but at any rate, like that's that's kind of the levels of prayer. Um, so, uh, TJ, this was your topic. Is that what you wanted to talk about, or do you want to talk about? I mean, else? I think that gives people a good s- sort of overview. Um, I mean, is there a way? I-, I feel like Stephen and I described something where we understand to a certain extent what meditation consists of but the further you go along the harder it is to put words to it right and you had mentioned systematizing it i i know that you kind of gave a uh maybe a a hypothetical example of sorts but maybe you run back through that and and try to systematize it uh, in a more simple you know simple terms right uh okay um so in the process of meditation itself, you guys both talked about like the process of kind of quieting your mind. Um, that's all fine uh, and, and good to do. Um, when you get really good at it, I mean, you can do that quickly. very, very quickly. Yeah. Right? That's not a whole process. Um, and then the key is to have the text that you're using uh, and to go through it in a way that you're really, really trying to understand. Um, and again, there's the two levels. There's the one level of what is this text saying to me? And then there's a second level where I say, well, what is this text saying about Christ? Like, instead of what is it saying about me? Um, the way I describe it to people is if you're going to begin meditation, if you're learning how to do it, imagine that you read this text and then you're going to give a homily to yourself. Right? So imagine you're at Mass and you have to preach on this gospel. And you got to make it relative to the people, relevant to the people it's not going to be awful like a normal homily, right? <laughs> and uh, and so you're going to actually try to say something that has some sort of meaning, right? So think through it. Like, what would you say, right? So, I mean, I've got a Bible right here, um, which is very unusual for me because normally as a Catholic priest, I never have a Bible. <laughs> so I open, I just flip this open to Luke chapter 8. Uh a great cow- crowd came together, and the people from the town of the town came. Timothy told a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and he sowed some fell along the path, was trodden underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and thorns grew with it and choked it. And some fell in good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And he said this, and he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. 
Okay, so there's my passage, right? I just flipped this open, hadn't thought about it at all, right? So if I'm gonna do meditation in the first way, which is the easier way, it's how people start. Okay, what immediately comes to mind is I'm like, okay, so the most important thing first is to understand what the passage is actually talking about. So if you don't know what a sower is, like go look up the word, <laughs> right? That's not gonna be very useful if you don't understand what's actually going on. Um, so we have this guy planting, right? And some of the seeds that he plants fall on better ground than others. It's easy enough to understand, right? You try to plant something on concrete, it's not going to work very well. Try to plant it in good soil, it's going to work fine. And so I'm thinking about myself, like, how does this relate to me? Okay, very clearly to me, it seems that Jesus is the sower. He's the one planting the seeds. And my soul is the field. And what kind of condition is it in, right? And so now I can start thinking, okay, is my soul, uh, is my soul the, what does it say, some on the path, so it was trodden underfoot and the, the birds of the air devoured it? Is it hard? Is it not deep at all? Does it have no depth to it? When God plants ideas in my mind, are they so shallow that uh, they're immediately destroyed? Right? And I think to myself, okay, is that the case? And if it is, maybe I can come up with particular examples. I can think to myself, oh, well, there was this one time just recently where I really felt like I was kind of being called to, to, to maybe join this ministry or uh, to engage in this new kind of prayer. And I did it for like two days and then I gave up, right? So it's like a seed that was planted, but the ground itself was kind of messed up. So it didn't last, right? And so then there's a second one. Uh, some fell on the rock, and it grew up. It withered away because it had no moisture. So now we've got uh, seed that's growing up on really rocky soil. Water can't stay in it because there's so much rocks. It just drains away. And so while the thing grows up, then it dies. As soon as the sun comes out, it weathers up and dies, right? So I think to myself, okay, so maybe my soil does have like i do have the ability for an idea to take root but over time when things get difficult like it's not it doesn't i don't quit right away but when things get difficult yeah i start giving up okay so i apply that to myself and then some fell among thorns and then the thorns choked it right so okay well wow now that really starts to sound like me i mean stuff will grow it'll do okay but it's like I plan all this good stuff, but then I don't get rid of any bad stuff. You know, so I've started praying, but I haven't stopped, you know, whatever it is that I do. Um, and I'm not, I'm not getting rid of any of the stuff in my life that, like, I'm praying and I'm hearing God telling me, I need to get rid of this. And yet I'm not getting rid of it, right? Um, and then some fell on good ground and it grew and yielded a hundredfold. And I think to myself, well, there have been times in my life where, gosh, I really have done exactly what God's asked me to do. And look what's happened. Okay, so if I was going through that, now you could imagine, I mean, I could imagine at least, taking an hour doing what I just did, yeah. applying it to my life, and really thinking of specific examples. Mm -hmm. Okay, but I've just spent an hour praying about myself. I haven't learned a single thing about God. Because the thing is, in the parable, the seed's always the same, right? So now let's think about the sower, right? So let's do it a different way. And let's think about God as the sower. But is that in itself what you just, the example you just went through, is that meditation? Absolutely. It, it doesn't, like, there's no, uh, like, that doesn't lead to something that then makes it meditation. Like, no, 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 just the process of doing that is meditation. Yeah, that, that's meditation, right? 
So then we take this new level and we say, okay, well, what does this tell me about the sower? This is not something people think about very often, right? It's like, because you think of the sower planting the seed and immediately what you think about is the ground. But you don't think about, well, who is the sower? First of all, I mean, if we start thinking about farming, right? What kind of farmer throws seed on bad ground? Not a very smart farmer. Right, this is not a farmer that thinks not according to our idea. Not according to our farmer. idea of what smart is, right? Yeah. He doesn't apparently doesn't use logic. <laughs> <laughs> which TJ would appreciate. <laughs> he apparently doesn't use logic. He he's I mean it's actually kind of wasteful, right? The thing is, it's not like the farmer's stupid. You know, you know, if you throw, it's just like if you're going to go out and plant something, you, you don't have to be a farmer. Neither one of you guys are farmers. But if I give you tomato seeds and you go and throw them on the street, you know nothing's going to happen to them, right? They're not going to grow up and produce <laughs> tomatoes, right? You don't have to be a, you don't have to be a farming genius. But you're just like, street, I believe you can do it, street. You know, like. Well, that would be psychotic, psychosis. <laughs> you know, yeah, right? psychosis. So, exactly. So that's, that's different things. But so, but you know that that so now, can't but, be God. But the second I realized that, now now I can start thinking about. Wait a minute, I mean, God's not psychotic. Yeah, right? he's, he's not psychotic. What does it say about him? Like, how how wasteful is his love? You know, like he lavishes it in such an overwhelming way, even knowing knowing that. So much of it's going to go to waste, but it's like he's giving you the chance, right? He keeps giving us the chance, um, and we can think about it that way. We could also think about it um, in terms of how God, what, what, it, what is God's experience watching each of the plants? You know, when he thinks about the plant that grows up on the rocky soil, like he knows it's not going to make it. Does he love it any less? You know, what does that tell me about God? Like, how does he love something? knowing that it's not going to make it. You know, we can get into some pretty deep theological stuff pretty quickly when you start thinking like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole idea is to, to try to get to know who God is, right? Like, what is it about him? It's like uh, a classic example is the parable of the prodigal son, right? When people pray about the prodigal son, they tend to identify themselves with the prodigal son. Great. That's a very good way to meditate. Some people might even identify themselves with the other son who didn't go away. But very few people think about the prodigal son in the terms in which it's really supposed to be thought about. And that is, it's a story about the father. It's not a story about the son. The story is about the father who let his son go and then waited for him, right? And then lavished his love and lavished his mercy upon him when he returned. Every single prodigal son's story is the same. It's not even interesting. The interesting part is the love the Father shows. The interesting part about the story of the seed being thrown on the ground is not the ground. Everybody knows that seed thrown on rocky soil isn't going to make it. But what this is doing is it's telling us something about the Father. So when we start meditating on that and understanding that he throws seed on my rocky soil even when he knows it's not going to make it, so now I have this new level where I can incorporate myself into it, but now thinking about this real profound relationship that I have with God, and it's showing something to me. Right, so that kind of level, again, that, that, that part could take an hour easily, right? At least for me. I mean, I know for a lot of people, it, it, when you're first getting started, you think 
this can't possibly go on this long, right? But you train yourself, and you can get to where you can do this for an hour, two hours, three hours, whatever. Um, but in that process, when you're doing it in a chapel and really praying and thinking, God may very well take you and have and show you something completely different, right? And that's that's a moment of contemplation. I mean, you might do that. But meditation is something that every single Christian can do every single day and really ought to. If you're going to be serious about your prayer life, this is where it's got to be. I mean, you cannot have a serious prayer life unless you begin to engage in the process of meditation. You can have a, a prayer life, but I mean, you would talk about really starting to ascend the mountain. You've got to have meditation in your life every single day because we have to come to know God in a familiar profound, deep way. you got to know him better than you know your 27th acquaintance or 24th acquaintance or whatever it is we were talking about. Yeah. you know, you got to know him better than that. Um, he knows you perfectly. You don't know him. And that's kind of, that's the whole purpose of meditation is to put a face on Christ. So, what else did you want to talk about? I think that about covers it. TJ was falling asleep while I was talking. It's falling typical, asleep? Uh, typical, typical seminarian. I was taking right. notes. So, well, anyway, at any rate, uh, thank you for listening. This is the Hell of a Catholic Podcast. Uh, if you have any questions or comments or concerns, um, or if you want to protest TJ's return to the podcast, <laughs> I mean, he's home for, like, the whole summer, so we might record a whole bunch of podcasts with him. So if you got an opinion about that, you better send it in, um, all two of you, one of you who listen. So, at any rate, uh, podcast at gtcatholic.org. Thank you, and God bless.